Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Coat Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations, to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In episode number six, Dan Baltzer, leader of the Pinnacle team with the Realty Group in Minneapolis, joins us to share his expertise on how he leverages events to grow his real estate business. Hosting events allows you to stay in front of your sphere, build a brand in the community, and a strong reason to reach out to your database on a consistent basis. Learn Dan's strategies on how to plan and execute an epic event. All righty, welcome to the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. We are back today with myself, Jeff Fitzer. I am here with Tristan Ahumada. You might know him. And we have none other than Dan Balser joining us today. Tristan, tell us a little bit about Dan before we bring him in. Dan is the man. Is it rhymes? Uh, so let me tell you about Dan. Dan, I met through Lab Code Agents, and he he's doing some pretty amazing things with events. The very, very first time I talked to him was the time we were talking about his Avengers movie event, where he had Dan. I think it was six hundred people. Was it six hundred? Yeah, it was six hundred. Six with 650 people attend the movie night that he had planned out for his sphere, past clients, current clients database to watch the Avengers. And I thought, dude, that's amazing. That's fun. And that's when we connected. And then we, we started texting back and forth. We've had him on lab coats. And so, Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, awesome. Glad to be here, guys. Dan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, units, uh, team, who you're with, all that good stuff? Cool. All right. So, yeah, I'm, my team is Pinnacle Team. I'm with uh, Mike and Long Bernier, uh, Mike and Long, and our realty group here in Minneapolis. That's kind of funny. They're going to have fun with that one. And uh, you know what? Uh, I run a fun team here. We have 45 agents and growing. And You're slacking, dude. Unit-wise, we'll, we'll clear five, 600 this year, so it'll be fun. Nice. I love it. All right. So today we've got, you would think that since Dan's really good at events, we talk about events, but today we're going to talk about shopping at Costco and all the discounts we can get. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah. I drive my white van right up and the forklift just brings the pallet out. It's amazing. Every time, every time I go to Costco, I feel like I end up with something I didn't want to buy. <laughs> but that's just me. I don't know. I hate to no, say uh, it. I'm a, I'm a Sam's guy. I go to Sam's. My wife goes oh, to Costco. Dude. I go to Sam's. We argue about it. In fact, I don't even go anymore. I just order online now. So, well, I've oh, never seen a Tesla in a Sam's Club. I've seen it in the Costco <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff, you're about to convert over. Touche. <laughs> that's why. That's why I don't drive a Tesla. There you go. All right, Dan. Now today, lab codes. We're going to talk about events. So the cool thing about Dan is that he's had a lot of different events. And one that he's planning right now, which is part two to this movie event for Avengers. The last one was, I don't remember, is it, what was the name of the Avengers movie? The the Uh, last one, Dan? Infinity War. And now this one's Endgame. So this one's Endgame. But you've got over a thousand people attending this one. And a thousand people registered, yes. Dude, that's crazy. I think I'd pee in my pants if I had that many people attending an event. I'd be and like, and there's still a do. month. There's still a month till the event. There is, but I'm the the facilities were capped, which is an interesting problem because you actually have to have it's it's not just like a massive come and mingle event. There's assigned seats, right? So yeah. I have that limitation, and we've hit it. So we're you broke the theater. Yeah, right. Um, All right, 14, so that's what I want to talk about. Right no, there, oh, fourteen screens, right? All fourteen. <laughs> that's amazing Dan. so so you you got to give us the you got you got to break this down for us and why don't you take us back to when this all started and then let's get to the progression and i don't want to just i don't want to just stay in the lane of, of the movie theater either because you do some pretty amazing other events as well but take us back to when you started doing this and how has it 
How did it start? How did it progress to where we are today? So a team-wide first event was following Michael Mars Pi Day type thing. We did that and had a couple hundred folks there. Then we moved into the Avengers Infinity War, 650 there. That was a big jump. Then we did a really cool skating thing this past winter, skating rink, had a whole bunch of different also activities, not just skating, but we took over in a whole arena, had about eight, 850 there. And now that was good. And now we're coming back to finish the Avengers movie thing and we're at a thousand here. So there's been the the progression and we've learned big things each time along the way. What number event is this? On this type of scale, third one. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Third, third event in this. Third event, uh, this caliber, like big, big, a thou- over a thousand people registered for this event. So just so that we're able to process this, Dan, so that anybody at any level can say, okay, this is where I start. This is how I run the event. And this is the outcome and what I do after like post event. Yeah. So I think you're the perfect person to talk to because you, you're actually doing this you don't just talk about it. You're actually in the process of, of tweaking some of these systems and processes as you grow. So yep. I want to know for, for those lab coat agent podcast listeners out there, take us through the planning stages, then the execution, like what's needed, and then post event. So let's start with the planning. How much before an event do you plan and what's involved? Hey, before we get into that, though, can, can you just real quickly give your opinion, Dan, on why events are so important for realtors to be, to why, why they should even be doing this in the first place? We're kind of jumping straight into it. But why, why are events so, why are they so important? Why do it? Okay. Lots of good reasons. One, even with the current market shift that you've heard uh, my colleagues, Mike and Mom, talking about with RDC doing stuff, things, right, is you want to stay in front of the people you know. And that's what we should be doing as agents. We shouldn't just be waiting for the low-hanging fruit that says, hey, I want to transact now. You want to be nurturing people, relationships, and building that and your brand and your trust and all that type of stuff. And you're going to do that through relationships and through uh, coming from contribution and giving. So it's not ask, ask, give. It's give, give, ask. And actually just give, give, give. If you live the world with an open palm, right, and giving, more the world, the universe, faith, whatever, can put more in. Right. If you live with a closed fist and you're scared and there's a, you know limited resources or whatever, I can't put any more into a closed fist, can I? An open palm, no. I can place more in. So mm. if you approach everything like that, it's amazing what happens. On a base level, how far you plan an event, you plan two events ahead. Because part of my messaging right after this is going to be, hey, save the date for the next one. Right. So you kind of got to have a, the next one in play. Ultimately, it gives agents a reason to call your sphere, call your contact list and offer something without saying, hey, who do you want to know? Let's buy, sell, invest in real estate and asking for something, right? You're giving. And so if you're doing a three or four month lead up, which is what you should do, you know, month one is, hey, save the date, but we're having a great event in the spring. We'd love to see you there. Hey, how's the family? Or just checking in two seconds, you know, but this is a two second touch. Okay. Now you're working with leads during that period of time as you build a little rapport with them. Say, hey, you guys are really great. Would love to have you come to my event in April save the date. February then is, did you get the invite? Or just so you know, look for the invite. It's coming. March, have you RSVP'd or I have seen you RSVP'd, you celebrate the reservation or remind them to reserve, right? And keep driving traffic to register, especially if you have a seating capacity. If there's other types of things, open events, maybe you don't have to drive it so hard about registration. And then the month of is a reminder of come to. And the month after, you're celebrating, hey, so glad to see you. Sorry I missed you. Hope you were, you know, good time, whatever. And you can repeat then, save the date for the next one. So your conversation is always about contribution and coming with something of value to give, which leads into other conversations. Such a warm touch. I mean, I love that. Rather than coming at them with real estate, rather than telling Whoa. them what the market data is, rather than telling them anything related to or bragging on yourself, you're actually, yeah, like you said, you're get, that's so awesome, dude. I love what you're doing. So let's go back now. Let's let's go back to talking about uh, what Tristan asked earlier, which was leading into this specific event and and what it entails, uh, how you tie in vendors and the whole dynamic behind and and really the logistics behind it. Because you don't just say, "Hey, I'm planning an event," and you guys all show up. It's way deeper than that. Yeah, um, at least when it comes to this size. Now I've helped um, some of the folks I work with plan smaller events where you don't need as much of a lead up or whatever. The most important thing about any event you do is the experience you give, period. 
whether it's a 14 person gathering, that was someone I just helped put their event together. It was 14 people came, right? But they had a great experience and those people were talking about it. So ultimately the experience you give in any event is your brand experience into the community, into the marketplace. That's a really good point. I, I gotta tell you one thing. We've been as a team saying that we were gonna have events for years. And as I kept on interviewing Michael Mayer, because you know, every time we interview somebody, Dan, I feel like it's free coaching for us. So as I interview them and they're telling me stuff and telling me over the years, I finally got to talk to Dan and then Dan's like, hey, you know what, blah, 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 we're doing this. And then I'm like, damn, he just started and, and doing the events. Yep. And I was like, I think we'd do that. So it was you who pushed me, just so you oh. know, it was you who pushed me to finally, finally do my first event. So Oh, thank, thank you, you for that, man. Thank you. I, I never told you that, so I wanted to tell you on the podcast. So thank, thank you, man. You. While we're giving him props, I will tell you, Dan, the last time I talked to you, which was on a webinar, you know, maybe a couple months ago, I then went back to my team and said, we need to plan three events this year. And our first one is in a couple of weeks, actually. We're doing an Easter egg hunt. And uh, and then we're going to do a couple of things later this year. And I will give 100% of the credit to our conversation. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm humbled, gentlemen. Thank you. And uh, hey, I can give you a couple of cool uh, Easter egg hunt ideas I've come up with as some other folks have asked me about it. I'll drop that for you. Oh, yes. Let's, let's, well, let's talk about it here. One, you know, that, that's it's coming up. I think I'm so not the us, only one that's probably doing that. Sure. I agree. Take us through the preparation, Dan. Yep. So now now you you've taken us through the steps on the communication part, what it takes to communicate month before, month before that, and so forth. That's the age communication plan. There's yeah. a client communication plan that you got to have in there as well. Um, How does that look? Take us through that. Well, with this system, I've currently done for this event, I've actually moved into a call action. So it's an automated just text campaign. Mm -hmm. And all it is, it's not asking for anything, not asking for a lot of responses or anything. It's just a reminder. Hey, you've registered. We look forward to seeing you. Hey, it's six weeks out. By the way, there'll be cosplays players there, you know, or just mm -hmm. every little piece has a new nugget. And then as we get more vendors, they'll be, hey, joining us at the event will be insert vendor name and look for them there. And that type of thing is just a reminder system, but that's set up to automation. And so that takes some of the pressure off the agent. Right, so take us, take us through that process because I know how call action works. The people that are signing up for the event have to sign into receiving those texts or that automation. So how do you go about doing it in call action? Right. So what we did is we created an Eventbrite link and it's a private, not open to the public. So you have to have it sent to you by my team or, you know, that type of thing. You register an Eventbrite. We then have a zap from Zapier that takes and parses the information from Eventbrite into Collection. And then Collection's text is off and running. And is it only one text or is it like a sequential thing? It's a sequential thing up to the day of the event. And so it's like, Five, six, seven, ten. About six, yeah. All right, so for those listening in, Call Action, the website's Call Action, C-A-L-L-A-C-T-I-O-N dot C-O, not dot com, it's dot C-O. And you also mentioned Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. Zapier helps by integrating certain technology by connecting it to others. and also works like very similar to Call Action in the sense that if then, then that. So I can do that as well. So good points, man. I love that automation tweak that you did. When did you add that? That was this event we added it. How's that working? Uh, it's working quite well. And what's amazing is, is that the number goes out and it gets introduced as the Pinnacle event update line, right? Just so that people know it's, you're not getting hammered on for stuff. And then you get responses back like, oh, can't wait. Are there more tickets? Hey, I don't recognize this number. I had to get a new phone. So then I can transfer oh. to my team and say, hey, guess what? This lead got a new phone. I don't know if your stuff's in there yet. Reach out to them, right? Very, um, very good. Do you think that you have over 1,000 people registered for this event? Is part of that because of the automation? No, we've used the automation. Our agents are driving the traffic to Eventbrite. That's not automatic. That's us pushing the automation okay. and the continued nurture to then drive and reduce a no-show rate, right? I want to get everything used. Does every agent on your team have a checklist of what they need to do so they don't screw it up? <laughs> I've tried to make it as uh, with my support team myself uh, as painless for them as possible, where it's really just get them to the Eventbrite link and have them register. Remind them to register. Wow. And to register but all they need to do. Now, they will have activities they're doing at the event. So they are on the front, very front action for the invite, and then they're on the delivery of the experience. Everything in between, though, uh, my support team, myself, we need to put that through. 
So they're on the tofu and the bofu, but they're not on the mofu. Exactly. And too many cans in the kitchen would actually make that difficult and confusing. So you deploy your resources where they're best utilized. I like that. Jeff, I like that idea, man. I think make it mm. as easy for the agents as possible so they don't so they don't feel like they have a lot more on their plate. Like this is actually a cumbersome. I think, Dan, that's a really good point that you that you did. I, I love that because now that I'm doing events, I find that that was my biggest challenge for events is getting my agents to go all in on this and just have them call their clients, right? How are you going around that? Yeah, are they actually calling or are they just sending a link? How how's everybody getting involved in this? Well, no, it's it's call, it's invite, it's text. It's if you they hit Atlantis and Air, and I told them we're going big. I need to fill it, and I've filled it once. My first cap, we had greater demand, and I pushed it to that next cap, which was the rest of the building. So they're getting out there, right. and they're having fun. They're excited about it. Are you utilizing right. Facebook events to do this as well? I don't have a private community page for this in this community, so no, we're not doing that. And I made sure to try and keep it away from public until I had the people we wanted there first. There are other events we've done where I can open up to the public and that's just you know not a problem, but with this one I didn't do that. This was exclusive invite only. And part of the registration process is who is your host and it's a drop down menu and you put in the agent's name. Mm. So now when the person arrives and they're at the registration table, oh, I see agent Dan is your host. We're going to do one of, we were until we got to this size, we're going to actually walk them over to your host. And so everyone was handshaking everybody, right? Yeah. A bottleneck forms at this volume of people where it would be too slow of experience. So what okay. we're doing now is giving them a different color raffle ticket because we have a lot of prize drawings. It says, hey, give this to your host. He's over here and they're all wearing this different color shirts. We'll talk about that in a second. Find him and he will turn this in for you for a greater opportunity to win the raffle. So we're driving okay. the agent to their host. So, okay, that, that, that brings up a good point. Jeff, I'm going to go into the actual event and what's needed. Uh, unless you have something to add before that. Nope, that's where I was going next. You go for it. Okay, perfect. So, Dan, let's say the event is tomorrow, Okay. right? We're all getting ready. Do you have a checklist of all the items that we need so we don't forget something? What's involved in that so we, we can run smoothly? Okay, so any and all the branding material that you have, like, you know, those placard boards or, you know, pop-up banners, you know, with your logo and stuff you have, you need to bring those. Depending if your venue's providing or you are, tables for you for the registration and tables for your vendors. And you really have okay. to, be, you have to have done a one or two site visits ahead of time. In fact, my first site visit, even though I've already been to this building, is oh. next week. So that I know where the foot pattern and the traffic pattern is going to go so that I can draw out the blueprint of where is everything going to be spaced because you won't have time right before the event to figure that out. That needs to be known ahead of time, right? Well, that's actually good. Did you now, did you come up with that because you winged it the first time or? No, nope. I need to know what the space is like because I knew, I knew enough that says, how is this going to work? Where do I, I don't want choke points. I don't want people waiting in line for long places of time. So how are we going to get this? You know, and part of it is how, how do we all do this? And the whole setup is if you have vendors there or whatever, and I talked about this in the last time we spoke, is you have to know who your stakeholders are. Yeah. And each stakeholder group has to receive a fantastic experience. That's the experience your brand's putting in the marketplace, right? My agents are one of my stakeholders. So what's the experience wow. they have driving to traffic here? So if I make it hard for them to throw a party and put, overwork them, no. So if I can make it it's easy for them to participate, that's a great experience, which they talk about, which helps recruiting and retention, right? Jeff, yes, Jeff go I'm going to interrupt you, Dan, just to mention something about you to Jeff. Jeff, he keeps on referring to the experience and it keeps on, in my head, bringing up a website experience. How, because remember, my specialty is online leads. It's been for, for like, I don't know, 14 years. And I'm thinking user experience, a UX right? How we look at things and we want to make sure that experience from the very beginning is amazing through the end, because that's what the consumer wants. And that's what, that's what Zillow and Realtor.com do online, right? The consumer experience is amazing. So I love that you keep on referring to the experience, the consumer experience has to be there. And that's what you focus on. And I tell you how many times that people don't focus on that and don't have any quality control on that. And that makes a huge difference, man. So that's awesome that you say that. Yeah. And that is the base or the most important factor in the entire planning. 
That right there. I love that. That rocks, bro. So tell me, what else are you preparing? What's it look like on day before? Uh, day before, so everything's getting packed up and ready to go in rigs and trucks and all that type of stuff. So that's already go. So you're not frantically trying to find stuff in the morning, right? Okay. So that's all ready to go. And you know your arrival time and you roll in and it's already in the rigs, right? So for us in this event, the show time is noon. And the guests will start arriving at 1030. The earliest the movie can get us in is between 9 and 930. So again, why need a site visit? So everything's ready to go. We know where stuff's going to go because I have an hour to prep for what will be a thousand person party. Okay. So we wow. got, we just got to deploy. You need to have your swag items figured out. You know, you need to have planned your activities that how you're going to drive member experience. My vendors need experience as well. I have to drive traffic to them. If they just get walked by and ignored, that's not a good experience. They won't support the next time. How do I drive traffic to them? So I need all of that type of equipment though, and whatever you're doing for that. How do you do that? Let, let's wow. talk about that. How do you drive yeah. how do you drive foot traffic to the vendors? How okay. are you preparing that ahead of time? Yeah. All right. So one, what's the site plan look like? Where's everybody gonna be? Okay. So that I don't want someone, hey, you walk in the front door and the door opens to the right. I'm not putting a table right behind that door. That door is gonna block everybody from going there, right? So that's one thing is where's foot traffic gonna be? Second is again, guests arriving at 1030, shows not till noon. I have an hour half where I have to entertain them. And that's what we're doing. We have games, yard games, Plinko game. We have games are going on, but to collect your prize, you're winning, you have to go to one of the vendors. So you get a, hey, I won this, I won this. You, you, we played Jenga, yard Jenga, and you won, right? Here's your ticket to collect your winning for this specific game, go to that specific vendor. So wow. let, me, let me see if you can, like we're uh, you're the color commentary on the radio here paint yep. a picture for me i walk into a foyer right i walk yep. into the theater what do i see uh, what happens so you've got registration you've got games you've got vendors how does that lay out think of a carnival right it's an indoor bazaar i have a bit of a funnel just to narrow things to make sure i get registration going and we're going to give out and i'll just here's, i'll walk you through what's happened and how it's going to go and then you can ask me specific questions how's that Right, so we're going to walk into registration now. We have them, we have them on, and we have both hard copy as backup, and of course electronic that would be preferred. But you got to have hard copy in case signal fails, battery dies, something. Right, so you have that prepared. We have all of our guests sorted by who their host is. So if Agent Dan has 75 people coming and Agent Tristan has 105 people coming, we want to keep those communal smaller communities together. So we have assigned theaters. So we're going to get a color-coded wristband. So the green wristband is going to go to the green theater. That way, communities of folks are staying together and pockets of people are staying together. And that way, one host doesn't have people in 15 different theaters. All their people are in the same theater where they're sitting. That's so good. So at registration, you're getting checked in. You're confirming your contact information. You're not getting asked anything else. One, that's too slow. I don't have enough time to slow you down for you to write something or do something. I don't have time. You have to get in and go right? You are getting that additional raffle ticket that says, hand this to your host and they will add it into the raffle. So then we're driving people to the, to their host, which is our agents. Okay. How do they find their agents? Is it just, is it just a color coded game where they just got to see all the agents, everyone who's uh, with my team and the movie staff are going to be wearing specific shirts. And these specific shirts are designed to be thematic. So this one's going to say super agent big, bright, bold, and super agent on the back. And then, of course, we put our vendors' stuff on the back. So we're walking. That's building, awesome. Right? So of a 1,000 people, you're going to easily tell the 45 of us. And this is where I wanted to do the concierge piece where then um, one of my support team would say, all right, hey, Agent Jeff, your host was um, – or Agent Jeff, guest Jeff, your host is Agent Tristan. Let me walk you to him. But at a 1,000 people, that's going to create a choke point. You can't wait for people to get in. So we're going to just drive them through with the raffle piece, right? go find them and shake some hands right now as they enter they're entering into it's a bazaar and a festival we have those biggest side yard games in the big space being played you have vendors with their own their own little vendor booth games being played around the outside and that type of thing of course the pop and popcorn which is given away will be given as we move towards the venue so we'll have someone there collecting those or confirming you're able to get those in case someone from the public walks in on that piece and we have videographer and crews. We have cosplay characters walking through the crowd. So you'll have kids getting pictures with Thor. We'll have those big banners with our branding behind us. So, you know, mom can take all the selfies with the kids and the cosplays they want. And of course, all the vendors are giving out their own swag as well. We're giving out cups, coolers, and then for the kids, masks and capes that match the superheroes in the movie. Do you demand that everyone who comes to this movie 
if they're going to come with a costume, it has to be Marvel because DC sucks. I'm just saying. <laughs> I will let peer pressure and the crowd do that. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I had to add that. I'm waiting nice. for the right. to walk in. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that one thing that Michael Mayer always says is the most important piece of this, well, this part of it, is that registration table, yep. right? Everything has to funnel through that registration yes. table. Yep. Do you agree? Yeah. How many registration right. people are, how many people are working the registration table for an event this size? I have four dedicated with two more running balance between other places. And we've ironed this out over the events, how to make it smoother. But with this, again, now we've, we've like kind of leveled up in size. We'll see how much of a choke point this is. But to keep people moving, we've dropped the ask or the request to write anything down because that would just take too long to get people through. What about name tags? Or do you just do bracelets? No. Again, they're writing something down. I only have an hour and a half. I have 90 minutes to get 1,000 people in and have, to have a joyful experience before the movie starts. And we're not going to be able to recapture them post-movie. Because one, the movie theater is going to be open up for the next, for the public coming in. And they're going to be, especially this movie is three hours long. They're going to be exhausted and ready to Right. So we won't be able to recapture them. So they have to have a phenomenal first 90 minutes. And if they spend three minutes pulling on name tags, nope. Three minutes wasted. Lost. Not wasted, but not, not the best utilization of that time. Sure. How many vendors are a part of this? Oh, how many vendors I have? Yeah. Uh, we had tiered vendor systems, so I probably have six that are showing and 10 that have financially contributed. So, Dan, we've been talking for, for what, Jeff, about a good 20 minutes or so? Uh, uh, yeah, longer, and, than uh, longer than that. We've got about, we got about 20 minutes left. I want to go in a little, little deeper, Dan, and really get into the nitty-gritty here. I okay. want to understand cost. I want to understand how you offset some of that cost. And I also want to understand what flavor popcorn you give to the people that come. <laughs> All uh, right. No doubt. So let's start with food. At this point, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing user experience, but I'm hearing three different consumer experiences here. One is your actual consumer, the people that you're targeting, those people, your sphere, past clients, yep. uh, database, that. That's one. That's one. Number two. Yep. You want the experience for the vendors to be great, right? Obviously, so they can be happy, they can reuse you, and they also have a win as well, right? That's sure. number two. Yep. Number three, the actual agents on your team, you want their experience, because I did notice that at the beginning, you want their experience to be great as well. Yep. And and that that's awesome. So if you're listening here, you know, have those be experiences that you want to be great because I've had some events and my very first event where the, my agents were exhausted and some of them didn't have the best experience. And so I took note of that. So, so Dan, how do you make sure that the agent's experience on your team is also good? Well, of course you, you can have them design or involved in it. You want to make sure it's not too labor burdensome for them. They want to, what's their, a good salesperson or they're an agent, what's their job? They're going to high five. They're going to communicate. They're going to shake hands. That's what they want to do, right? So you put them in the lane they do best. Make sense? I agree. So that's the experience you want to create for for them, right? If it's overburdened with them doing reporting and then doing, hey, how many people did you get? I mean, you got to automate that stuff to come in and then put your um, empire protectors, your support team um, running all the analysis and, and the prep work behind it, right? Keep the sales folks in the sales role. Don't keep the sales folks in the coordination role, right? All right. So do so you have a? Do you split your your team into support staff and agents? Is that how you split your team, or, or how's yeah, it looking so I, for, I, for the event? For the event, yeah. So we need fourteen additional hands on deck in operational support for the event. Agents. That was the mistake we did with the first movie event last year. Is we had agents working everything. And what were they not mm -hmm. able to do during the event then? They weren't able to connect with their clients, which is huge. So that was a yeah. feedback about an agent experience we learned from the first time we did this movie thing is, hey, we didn't get to talk to many people. Yeah, that was actually my, my fallback too from the first event that I did. And I realized that I was like, darn. Right. Uh, very, very good point. Yeah, very, very good point. That's a rookie mistake, Dan. Rookie mistake. Rookie. Yep, rookie mistake. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I made it too. <laughs> All, All right. right, so. 
now you've separated it. You made sure now that the agents can mingle, uh, which is great. Now, going back to the consumer experience here, you, you want to make sure that they have food. You want to make sure that they've got something to drink and something to eat, whether it's popcorn or candy. How do you go about that? With a 1,000 people, how do you make sure that that's smooth? So obviously, and I'm gonna. You said before there's three key people you want to make sure has a good experience. There's actually a fourth. That's the venue you're at. All right, I failed. No, you didn't. But the Sounds venue didn't have a good experience as well because if you don't get invited back or you have cleanup fees, <laughs> right? That's the fourth piece you gotta consider, right? So I work in uh, in close connection with them. Here's the volume of people we're bringing. And they're going to be staffed up and ready. So they're going to have a thousand popcorns made and all that stuff ready to go ahead of time so that they aren't getting their butt kicked. There's a communication piece we have to know there as well. And just on the volume scale and so how they can get prepped. Wow. Now, a lot of the movie places, just, I am providing pop and popcorn. Tell me about that. How does that work? You provide popcorn from an outside source or from the actual theater? The theater. I'm just my expense. It's a Got part it. of the expense of the event, right? There's two costs. There's the ticket cost, and then, of course, there's the pop and popcorn cost. Now, many theaters have are building in for their complete experiences their own restaurants, their own bars or whatever. So I'm not paying for that stuff, but what we got the theater to do is if you're one of my guests, you're getting a 10 to 15% discount off of any food or bill that you order while there. Oh, nice, man. I like that. So there's a value add, but it's not my cost. And so if they want to order an appetizer or a beer at... 1130, go for it. They can do that. And they, they'll get a, a pinnacle discount or a pinnacle guest discount. All right. So let's say I got my movie. I'm sorry. I got my popcorn. I got my, uh, my Coke Zero. Yep. And I got my kids. They yep. took a picture with Thor yep. and Thanos and, and everybody's happy. Jeff's, Jeff's kids are happy. We're all there. Yep. We're sitting in the front row and do you play a video before the movie starts? Tell us about that. Yeah, we have a video of just us, about us, or whatever that plays, and it's not a commercial that says use us. We're actually going to be filming this in a, in a week our own. So it's just a, it's like a spoof. We're all going to be in costumes, superheroes, and the housing market or something like that, but it's just a thank you. And so what's going to happen is we will run that and say thank you for attending, and that will be in place of previews. So... It's going to be on the big screen, all 14 screens. Then it goes from straight from that to the movie. So we are the preview section. Oh, wow. I'd be a little pissed. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd miss the previews. <laughs> How long? How long of a video is it? I keep anything we do under two minutes so I can repurpose the content for other areas and other venues. Yeah. I like that. Especially because you'll be dressed and you'll be, it'll be like a little mini movie. I like that, dude. Good idea. Yep. I like that. All right. So now the movie starts, goes right into it. This is a long movie. Three yes, hours. Yeah. Right. Everybody dies. If you haven't watched it, everybody dies. And that Thanos rules the world. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> By the time this comes out, who knows? Okay. Everybody dies. Uh, Thanos wins. And uh, we're going to go from Iron to I am Buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. All right, so now I finished watching. I'm, I'm really happy. I'm a little, maybe I'm a little, wow, this that was a long movie. Yep. What happens after? So again, as I said, it's going to be super hard to recollect them afterwards. So it's just agents, yep. you know, at the end of the door, high-fiving folks, thank you for coming, and we're, and we're exiting the place. And that's really what it is. There's not a lot of post-action that we have after. It's just that we're emptying because the venue's open already. So my thousand guests are going to be walking out of the next thousand coming in. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. So I need to be out of the way. And that's part of the venue. Right? In and out, in and out. All right. So tell me, you're doing an Easter event, like an actual Easter or an actual event that doesn't include a theater. Yep. That That's not a, a challenge that you have to actually think about because everybody's kind of going in and, and yeah. coming out all the time, right? So yeah. that's that's interesting. I like that. So, all right. So everybody leaves. 1,000 people leave, man. Yep. And they're really happy. Most of them are happy. And what happens the day after, the week after? What happens? The agents are going to go through, and they took mental notes. They've maybe hopefully had their CRM up in the, in the app on their phones or talk with somebody. But they're going to do follow-ups now for the next week. 
and it's everyone who's attended or everyone who's registered, not even attended, but everyone who's registered is going to go into our, our retargeting campaign and our ad spend and all that type of stuff. So they keep seeing it and seeing us. And then okay. we, we'll have a videographer at the event. So then we'll create, hopefully in about a day or three, a review video snippet that we're going to then publish okay. out. Say, hey, thanks for coming and joining us. And then another big thank you. And it just it's just a short clip of the experience that was there that day. We'll go out and, and do that piece. Uh, That's great. So, I love that. Let, let me ask you another question, though, because we, we really focused on the movie theater with you here. So let's let's give the listeners some other ideas. So talk sure. about some of the other events you've done and maybe even some ideas that you guys are pondering for the future. So whatever you want to create doing, you want to get in a cycle that's for your own branding purposes. So we've now with this, we just may do every spring's a movie event, right? But don't name it like, hey, it's a win. you want to name it where you can, you can change what it is. So let's, let's say it's the Tristan team's summer jam. Then you can bait whatever it is in the summer, right? Or you know, the winter festival. So then you can change what the winter festival is in case you need to nice. start getting the branding out there and a repeat schedule what you do. So it could be our I spring bash, summer jam, winter festival, but that changes, right? And in case, you know, if an old bowling is no longer popular, okay, we're not doing bowling anymore. So then it, no matter what it is, it's the first annual, fifth annual, 17th annual winter jam. Dude, I love that. That's actually a really good idea. Mm-hmm. That was smart, smart. That was good. All right. So, so what else have you what, done? What else have you done? Uh, so we had a whole, of course, we're up in the north. It's wintertime and our winter festival we had, we took over a complete ice rink and just had open skate and that type of stuff. But in there, we had other events, like mini events that were going on within this open skate, right? We had pictures with Santa. We had silent auction. We had the game room again. We had kind of like a cakewalk type thing. So if you weren't on the ice, there were other activities to be doing. Now, like, so let's just take the picture with Santa type thing, right? A lot of people say that's the event. Hey, I'm going to do a picture with Santa event. I'm going to say that's great, but you are competing for time when people have you know, the kids have sporting events on the weekend, this, this, and this, and this, mm-hmm. a single picture may or may not be enough to draw. And those that you are drawing are your closest 15 folks anyways, who would come no matter what you did. Right. You got it. That's very true. So, We're planning that. Listen up, dude. So you're having an Easter egg hunt, right? So we can grab that inside, but Hey, it's not just take your picture with the Easter egg, uh, with the Easter bunny. Right. But here's what you do when you have some of those sub events is like when we did the pictures with Santa. Okay, what's your best contact information to send you your photos? I now have a second contact capture piece because guess what? At registration, they may have given me Tristan Ahumada at no email at noemail.com. I love that one. Well, now they want their photo. No email at noemail.com isn't going to work. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> right? All right, so uh, we did a silent raffle to support a charity. So we went and got sound raffle auctions, right? That's going on again. This is all at that skate event. There were things going around the outside. So everywhere you turned, there were some little mini events going on. Right. So actually at that last skating event, we had the big skating piece. We had games out again. We had the cakewalk. We had the sound auction and the vendors were doing things. Um, so we probably had five mini events going on within the big one. Right. Wow. Oh, now that's smart right there, dude. Very smart. I love it, man. And that, I, that's good. We have a bunch of side things for our Easter one, but I hadn't even thought ahead on breakfast with Santa. I was thinking breakfast and Santa, but you're right. It's like, you got to have crafts. You got to have a raffle. You got to have the photos thing. And f- hell, I might just go ice skating. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you want to actually think about, now it's, it's hard to do this level of segmentation with the movie event because the movie is designed for a certain audience, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's a pretty broad audience, but it's not everybody. Yeah. But you got to think about, age, different age groups. And what are you going to do to engage different age groups? I want the yeah. family that comes in who has the 18 year old kid and the two year old baby. Everyone has a good time. Yeah. And here was the hard part. What we learned with the sand and the skating is one of my agents is big into the Harley Davidson community. Hard to get the Harley folks there to go skating because that's not their jam. So we kind of leveraged the other small events and we got a massive Harley Davidson Santa picture out of them. It was kind of fun, but there was a full pause. Like, ha, now you can't get everything for everybody. I get that. Right. But there yeah, was a segment of a population that I didn't hit. So to your Easter egg event, right? I would do, hey, here's the adult search. The, and then the prizes within the eggs are adult things. And then here's the kids search and the kids search, you know, and I'd do brackets, zero to four, five to 12. And then the teen search and each one of these has different prize sets or whatever as you find them. And then adult set. And maybe it's only three. 
maybe there's only three adult eggs in the whole thing, but there's a brand new TV that you can win in one of those eggs. That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Dude, Dan, I, you're full of ideas. I'm just going to call you the idea guy. <laughs> so I'm going to call you when I need some help. Anytime, my man, I'm here for you. So anytime you have this, you want to create and segment activities based on demographic, based on age, based on experience, whatever it is that you're going to be drawing in, right? So for the Easter egg month, you're drawing families in, you're not going to draw a lot of single guys in. Okay, so I'm not worried about the single guy population. I'm not getting too many of those. I have families. <laughs> unless, unless you're giving away a free date in one of those eggs. There you go. Yeah, why not, right? But there you're going to segment out. What is the toddler experience going to be? What's the late teen experience going to be? What's the parent experience going to be? And how do I make everyone having a good time? Now, the parent experience is going to be seeing the joy in the kids' face, but why not show something in for them? That's good, man. I love that. They're they're the ones with the pocketbook. Solid idea, man. I feel like this this is shifting from a podcast to us just asking on how we can improve our events. Well, hold on. I'm not finished, damn it. He has good ideas. Damn. All right, so now let's jump into cost. Right? Yep. For those for those of you that are still listening, which is about 2,000 of you at one time is amazing. Dan, cost. How do you offset some of this cost? Because at 1,000 people renting, you said 14 screens? Yeah. 14 screens, that's that's costly. I mean, you don't just jump into like, <laughs> you don't just jump into this. So, no. and we're talking big scale because it's fun to talk big scale. But as we opened up, yeah. I, I one of my coaching clients helped them. They had 14 people. Right. So start with you. Right. All about the experience, right? All right. Let, let's talk. Four, hold on. Let's talk 14 because I think that's uh, a lot more people can wrap their heads around 14. Let's let's talk yep. small event. Yep. And let let's say the cost is gonna for 14 people. You take them out to wherever you're going to take them or, or prepare dinner or have a private chef, whatever. It's going to cost you 500 bucks. How do you offset that cost, Dan? How do you offset the cost? One is if you have your support partners with you, they contribute it, but they remember you have to somehow make it of value to them. If you're just asking for a handout, hey, can you cut me a check for 200 bucks? Why? Because you're my partner or else that strains the relationship. So somehow you got to create an experience for them as well. Or perhaps, you know what? Of my 20-person max allocation, I'm going to give you five for you to invite your guests. Do something where they get something more than just writing you a check. I always find it difficult when I'm reaching out to a partner, a vendor partner, and I'm like, hey, I need money. That's not always the best script, so help me out. No, it's not. It's not. So it's, hey, I want to, you know, we're looking at doing an event. We really want to create this experience in this community. We want you to be part of it. You know, are you willing to do so? And again, the experience, what you're going to do, right? And of course, we'll honor you. We'll make sure your branding's out there as well. And we'll talk about you and that type of thing. I also put this into my budgeting. At the beginning of the year, I'm budgeting for these events. And so I'm already looking at my allocation spend. And personally, if I am having to, unable to do things without vendor contribution, I am then beholden to them. And I am not free to do what I want to do. The vendor contribution is like my gravy or my icing on it. I plan okay. the event, whatever the size is, if it's going to be completely my cost. And then I'm completely in control and I'm not at anyone else's whim or mercy. That's funny that you say that because that's how I approach online leads. Yeah. And that's how I've always approached my business. It's like I never rely on my marketing partners. If I can't do this on my own, I can't do it. Yep. And so um, that's, that's interesting because even though you and I are able to leverage our business partners. That's not how we approach it initially. I like that. Yeah. And it's, it's not, just so you know, if my, if my total expense is a hundred bucks and there's five vendors, including me, it's not 20 bucks a pop. It's gotta be something that's of value and reasonable to them. And I'm so of that hundred bucks, I'm probably bearing 85, 90 bucks of it. So with this big event that you're doing with a thousand people, I mean, it's going to cost you, it's easily going to cost you over $10,000. So what are we looking at? How do you leverage some of your partnerships to be able to cover some of that cost? Take me through that conversation. The first big event was the hardest. Now that we've done a couple and of course we have the, now if we go ask people, we can show them the video clip. Remember, repurpose everything you have, two minute clips, this and this and this. Here is social proof that we will deliver. I'm going to get a thousand eyeballs for you. I need you in the game, right? Now, this is the okay. first year we rolled this out is we have a tiered sponsorship level. That's the first time I've done that. We'll see how that plays out and what's that like. I mean, I already kind of know, but as far as how it goes with um, their experience side, 
this is the first time I had like, hey, I, you know, bronze, gold, and silver and gold sponsorship okay. package. And that might be something to make something more palatable because I'd rather have something from somebody than zero from everybody. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, so if they don't want to do the top tier, which I would want them to do, there's other options where they can. And it's still of value to them. Those folks are getting seat time or air time with my agents ahead of the event. So if they want relationships, hey, it's the home inspector, hey, it's the builder. I'm just randomly speaking who possibly could be helping. If you turn this into a community event, not just clients, you can leverage community people. Go to local restaurants. Hey, you want to get in this rodeo? I mean, go to anybody. Go to a local credit union. Go to anybody who's in the, who does business in the community. So support small business and leverage it that way. Your local bakery. Yeah, any, anybody who has who would see benefit in a thousand people, you know, a, a gym, like a little gym, like for kids, like a little gymnastic studio or something like that, anything like that, depending on what the event is geared to. That's really smart, actually, because then they would bring value to your event as well. Even if it's not monetary, it would be just another vendor to give out stuff. Oh, and of course, the registration list we have. Guess what? We all, they're registering for the event. Here you go. Yeah. I like that. All right. So I'm just going to call you Tristan because I keep on looking at you. (laughs) So uh, Tristan, Jeff, if I was approaching you because you are a mortgage broker, right? You have your own mortgage company. How would you want me as a real estate agent to approach this so that I can win you over and you can help contribute to this? You know, that's, that's a, a difficult question to ask because I think in the, from my perspective, because uh, in, in Dan's case or any realtor's case, you probably have a, relation, a strong relationship with it, probably one lender, maybe two. And so from my perspective, odds are you're not making a cold call to a lender who you don't do business with. So this is a lot easier when you're talking to a lender because it's like, hey, we do a lot of business together. I just need you to support what I do. And then it's a no brainer for me because even though I'm going to gain value, I'm really contributing as a result of, of, of just helping out Dan's business. That's a little different. I think if I'm, and I, I'm thinking well, about that actually while we're Well, talking. I mean, if we already have a relationship, right? Like, and I, and I send you a few deals a year, how would that work? I mean, it's still, it's still a difficult conversation for most agents because most agents don't even do it. So just, just having to talk to you and be like, Hey bro, I'm having an event. I want you to be part of it, but I also need help financially because it's going to cost me this much, right? How much can you help with? Do I go, Dan, do I go with how much can you help with? Or this is my total cost. I need you to cover this much, right? So may I most respectfully push on you a little bit. Um, anytime you want to do for it's lead conversion, guys, you want to persuade mm-hmm. someone, what do you do? Feature benefit. Right. So what's the feature? Hey, you want to participate in this benefit to them, benefit to the audience. I'm talking about how it helps them. I'm not talking about what what I need and what helps me. This conversation isn't about me. It's about them and how this may impact them. Do they have an interest to learn more? If they don't, come on. If they do, go. All right. So Jeff, I mean, if I if I led with that, you'd probably be more in line with actually helping me. Well, you know, you know what though, I think, and this is, we're totally getting off topic here, but I think that a lot of agents and maybe not so much as anymore, but it used to be that, that, that a lot of brokers would teach agents, Hey, just go ask your vendors, go ask title, go ask mortgage without bringing value. So what Dan said is so true, bring value. Exactly. And, and let me just tell you what we want. Truthfully, the value above all else is let's have a relationship and let's do business together. Let's realize that we both have to make money because if I'm not making yes. money, then you're just begging for cash. I don't want to be your credit card. So no, totally off topic, but I guess a good topic to talk about with realtors because yeah, you shouldn't be afraid to ask if you're bringing value because if you're bringing value, well, I wanna, we're in this. Yeah. And like Dan said, I want to sell you, I want to sell you the vision, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, Hey, Jeff, this is the idea behind it. It's not like a one-time thing. I'm going to be doing this a few times a year. This is my plan. I want to create a presence where, where my past clients and my database is able to come to me as a professional. And I want them to see you as part of that too. And I'd love for us to work something out where we're doing this together, right? So yeah, I love that. All right, Dan, anything you want to add, man? I want to wrap up. Tell me. Anyway. Uh, it, it's all about the experience and so but it's the experience to every single stakeholder group so make sure as you build your event what's the experience you're giving and don't go in expecting I need a 5x ROI from referrals from this event nope it's not going to happen like that 
This is branding. This is influence. This is gaining credibility. You will get a return, but it may not be in five months, right? Some of these leads you invite in choose to go with you because you invite them to an event, but it may be eight months later, right? And how do you tie it back? So don't try and say, hey, I got 12 deals exactly from it. I do try and track it, but it's hard. So go in the expectation of give, give the experience, support your brand, support what you're doing out there and leverage that across every possible thing, different piece, right? So as you're collecting your collateral, your videographer or whatever, you are looking for repeatable content that you can use across different audiences and leverage it for them. That was a really good thing you added, man. It's like social media. If people want to get a hold of you, if they've got questions for you, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably hit me up on uh, Facebook Messenger, probably. Awesome. But it'll go to spam if they're not your friends. What's your best email? My best email? Okay, so it's the pattern will be first name dot last name at Pinnacle Realty MN. So dan.baltzer, B-A-L-T-Z-E-R at Pinnacle Realty MN for Minnesota.com. Okay. And if somebody wants to join your team, Dan, what do they do? They apply for membership, man. <laughs> I love that. All right. And how do they apply? Do they go at Dan, D-A-N dot? Uh, they, drop me a note. We'll talk about it. Since they're listening to your podcast, that's fine. Uh, we have a whole web presence going up. You'll pinnacle team, mn.com, but that's still going up. But anyway, they can drop me a note. All right. Awesome, man. If I I was in your market, I'd want to come work for your team because uh, I just want to show up to the events and have everything done for me. This is, that's amazing. (laughs) If if you're doing that for your agents, what the hell else are you doing for your agents? Take note, take note, team leads. I mean, this is really, this is powerful. I want free popcorn and and Diet Coke and I want to, I want to cosplay for sure, Dan. Fantastic. April 28th, my man, come on up. I got a ticket for you. (laughs) You better have a charger. You better have a Tesla charger up there. (laughs) I don't, I'm not going to make it into that one. Uh, Jack, anything you want to add? No, this has been great, man. Dan, I really appreciate it. I love talking to you. I, I learned something new every time, and I hope uh, our listeners learned a lot today because uh, I did. I've got a whole, I got a whole notepad of notes here, and I'm going back to my team because we already got to change some things for Easter. <laughs> All right. Thank I you. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. That's Jeff Fitzer, Dan Valter, and Tristan Amado signing off. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Welcome Agents Podcast.